Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Good morning, NCC. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? Okay, I hope you have some energy. I hope you came expecting this morning for God to speak to you because this is an exciting morning. We are starting now to begin to walk through the Bible together over the next year. And so we're going to be engaging with Scripture, and we're believing that. I want to challenge you to come every single week expecting for God to speak to you, to show you something new in your life of what God wants to do inside of you. And if you're our guest here, this is a great Sunday to be here because you're right here to start with us. And let me start by introducing myself. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC. And once again, we're glad that you're worshiping here with us this morning. And and so we're going to be taking this next little bit and walking through Scripture. We're going to start in Genesis today, and we're going to end a year from now in the book of Revelation. And on Sunday mornings, we're not going to be able to go passage through passage. That would take a lot more than 52 weeks to be able to do that. But we're going to hit some of the highlight key stories and key passages in the Word of God. But then throughout the week, we are going to be engaging with Scripture. And we said this two weeks ago, Scripture is going to shape my life. Church, I believe that. We're going to stay engaged with that. That's going to be the focus of this year, that Scripture is going to shape our life. And so we're going to engage on that on a daily basis. And so I want to encourage you, we're going to be walking through a reading plan together and um, focusing in on the Bible. And so today is when that starts. And so if you have the app, the NCC app, when you log in today, it'll look a little bit different when you click on the Bible reading plan. And you're going to start to see, um, it's going to say, hey, Genesis, I believe today is... Um, one through four is what we have, okay, um, in Genesis. So I want to encourage you to start reading with us. And you're going to see two plans there, and I just quickly want to walk you through those. One is um, the whole Bible reading plan, okay? So that's for those of you that are like, hey, I want to read the entire part of the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. I don't want to miss anything. Then you're going to want to click on the whole Bible reading plan and follow along with us. There's also a focused Bible reading plan. And what that is, is you're going to be in the same passages as we are um, in the same parts of the Bible every day reading along with us. But instead of reading um, a few chapters, you'll be reading a smaller section of God's word and really engaging with scripture. And so we have these. um, If you don't have the app, you'll see these as you walk out today. And I want to encourage you, grab one of these. If you're going to be reading like um, in a physical Bible, not on your smartphone, you can grab one of these and follow along with us. We also have one for kids. So if you're a parent, you can grab one of these or click the focused reading plan and read that um, smaller section of God's word together with your children and with your kids every single day. Parents, before your kids get on the bus, that's a great time. Open up God's word in the morning around breakfast, read together the scripture and allow God to challenge us. And we believe that scripture is going to shape our life. And so these first few weeks, we're going to spend in the first part of the Bible and really looking, as we mentioned already, about key people in the scripture and who they were and what God was doing in their life. How God put some of them, there was difficult circumstances they faced and there were some tests and some trials they went through and God was stretching their faith, was growing them in order to produce in them this maturity and this development in their faith. And so we're gonna start at the very beginning this morning, 
right at the beginning. And so if you have your Bible, I want to encourage you, open up to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start reading at verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the seat in front of you. You can take that out and turn to page 1. It's not the first page, but go over to page 1. And you're going to start with us. We're going to start right there in Genesis. And once you have that, I want you to hold on to that for a second. It was about a week and a half ago, I was sitting in our house, I was at the kitchen table and had come home from work and I was doing still some stuff on my laptop. And in our house, um, there's windows facing all the back wall that look out into our backyard. And so I was there, I was typing some stuff and I could see my kids out there playing. And all of a sudden I saw Gabriel come around the corner. Um, Some of you guys may know him. And he had this look on his face. It was this intense look, you guys, kind of like this scowl. And then I see him like this. And I think, oh no, Gabriel's about to attack someone, right? Like he's in this position and he's moving towards everyone else, like where all the other kids are. And and the dad in me was getting ready to jump up and run out there and be like, wait, what's going on? Are you angry? And then I see Gabriel do this. He's he's like walking like this. And then he just kind of leans down and does this. And then he turns around and goes back to where he came from. And then in a few moments, he emerged from the side of the house again where I could see him. And he's doing that same thing. He's got some imaginary thing in his hand and he's walking over and he sets it down. And then he does this. He just takes both his fists and he just crushes whatever is there, right? And and I'm watching this in amusement. Gabriel is 11 years old and, and I'm thinking, what's he doing? And then I start to realize, oh, he's imagining he's like a superhero, like the Hulk or someone. I don't I don't know what he was doing. And and he was picking up something heavy and then he was crushing that. And a part of me thought, man, that's kind of odd. And then I stopped for a second. And I started to think, God, at what point did I lose my imagination? Like it was just this thought that kind of went through my mind. And I stopped working on the laptop and I just started to think about that. God, there's so many times that I'm rushing through the busyness of tasks, what I have to get done people that I have to connect with, where I'm going, where I need to be next, what's next on the schedule, that I forget just that amazing imagination that we have many times as children. The wonder of the world around us and what we see. And as we begin to read the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter one, I wanna challenge you this morning that somehow you recapture a little bit of that wonder. A little bit of the imagination of what it would have been like if you could have stood there somehow when God was creating everything. Because what happens here in moments like this is as we read God's word, you may say, well, you know what? I've read this. I'm familiar with this story. I've, I've heard this a number of times before. And we quickly brush over what's really taking place here and what's happening in this passage of scripture. So I want you to follow along and imagine in your mind what's taking place here as God begins to create. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And in verse 3, and God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning on the first day. And then you start to read this and and I'm gonna walk us through the days. I'm not gonna read the specific verses because that would take far too long. You see on the second day that God separates the water in the sky from the water on the earth and somehow this whole earth was filled up with water and God separates them and he makes the atmosphere and he makes clouds and the water that's above us from the water that's below and he calls the sky and God looks at what he has created and he says, it's good. 
And then on the third day, God begins to call out the dry land and the seas and the oceans. They're confined into these areas and dry land emerges. Mountains begin to form. All of these hills and valleys begin to develop as God speaks this into existence. And he sees what he has created and he says that it's good. Vegetation, trees, plants, all of those being created on the third day. And then on the fourth day, God stands in the vastness of the heavens and he begins to speak calling forth light, the stars in the sky. He places the sun to rule over the day. The Bible says he places the moon and the stars to rule over the night. And God sees what he's created, and he begins to create seasons and times and years and months, all of these flows of our time. And God looks at it, and he says, it is good what he created on the fourth day. On the fifth day, there's birds in the sky, there's fish in the ocean, all of these things. There's the swarming of new life being created as God speaks out these things. And he looks at everything he's created. He says, be fruitful and multiply the birds in the air, the fish in the sea. And God looks at what he created on the fifth day and he says, it is good. And then on the sixth day, God calls forth all of the living creatures that are there on land. Everything that we see in our world, God simply speaks into existence to these giant elephants that are majestic down to the smallest animal, to little mice. God forms and he speaks everyone into existence and all of this is created and God looks, what he make, looks at what he makes and he says, it is good. And you look at all of this, you look at what's taking place and what's happening here. God created everything in this world with the purpose. Many times we're too busy. Once again, we're rushing through life. We've got work, we've got school, we've got projects, we've got all of these things that we're doing and we miss the purpose of God's creation. We miss what's taking place here in Genesis chapter one. There's this song that's been going through my mind all week and it's called, I Wonder. It's by a Christian artist named Leland. And at the beginning of the song, he starts by pinning these words and he says this, Lord, at the stars in the night, I wonder. And at the lightning in the sky, I shudder. And when he gets to the chorus, he says this, and it feels like there's not enough praise inside of me. That all of these words, God, that we have in our language, with all of these words, all as I can say is that you are holy. You are holy, God. And so I stand here and wonder. And I started to think about that. What's taking place in creation? When's the last time you actually paused and thought about what it is that God has done? When you've paused and you've looked at the world around you. What's taking place here in Genesis 1 where you stopped and you thought about what it is that God did, the power of God, the immensity of God to be able to simply speak everything that we have into existence. That God through his very words could create this ball of burning gas 93 million miles away. Can you even just picture that in your mind? 93 million miles away and it sustains life here on this earth. See, you and I, we take that for granted. We wake up in the morning, we go to bed, we assume that it's still gonna be there and God holds it in its place. Not only that, not only our star, but the nearest star to us, 4.37 light years away. That means if you and I could somehow travel at the speed of light, it would take us over four years to get there. Let me just give you a picture of what that's like. That's 5,878,499,000,000. million. 810,000 miles away from us. That's the nearest star, you guys. And when you stop and you start to think about that, this is the God 
who put all of that into place, but not just one star. See, scientists tell us that there's millions and millions of stars. One statistic that I said, it said there may even be billions that I read online of stars. And the psalmist says this, that God knows each and every one of them, and he's placed them in the heaven, and he calls them by name, you guys. He calls each and every one of them by name. Are you getting a picture of the kind of God that we serve, the power of God, the creative force that goes into this one or two verses right here just at the beginning when God says, let there be light, and all of a sudden, on the fourth day, things begin to take place, and they begin to form, and they're shaped. But it's not just the vast universe out there. It's right here where you and I are. I mean, you just stop and you think about every part of life, the animals, the plants, all of these things that depend on each other to sustain life. And God knew each and every one of them. And he created birds that migrate thousands of miles that go to different places, fish that swim in the sea, all of these things moving together, flowing together to sustain life. God created every single thing with a purpose. Over 9,000 in 500 different species of birds, different kinds of birds right here on this earth. Our TV, whenever you're not watching something, you guys may do this, it displays these nature pictures. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those. And one came across the screen yesterday and Angie, my daughter, she's like, we were talking about it because it shows this small diver who looks so tiny on the picture next to this whale shark. 20,000 pounds, you guys over 30 feet long, the largest fish that we know about. And we're just this tiny speck next to it. You just look so small when you get right up on this massive fish and over 30,000 different types of species of fish on the surface, down into the deepest, darkest parts of the ocean that we, don't, we haven't even fully explored yet. And God knows each and every one of them. He created them. He spoke them into existence. I don't know if you've ever watched Finding Nemo and you see the coral reef or if you've watched some ocean documentary and you see all of these just hundreds and hundreds of different species living together, vital microorganisms, fish, plants, all of these coming together to survive and to create this little ecosystem in less than an acre, vital for each other. But it's not just that they depend on each other, it's the beauty. You see bluefish and orange fish and fish and purple flowers and all of these things living under the ocean that are dependent upon each other. God's not just the designer. He's an artist, you guys, creating everything that we see around us. You know what the sad thing is, is you guys, many times we're too busy. We don't recognize the purpose of what all of this is for, of what's taking place here, because we're too busy moving from one thing to the next. The psalmist said this, God, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim his handiwork. Paul says this, that all of creation is crying out to humanity. It's moaning, it's groaning, it's declaring the glory of God and declaring the wonder of God, who God is and what he is at work in in our lives. See, it's reminding us that God is the creator, that he's at work in our world. He's a part of everything that's been created. And many times as his Creation, we're too busy. And you guys, I would say this, our God is too small. Because we've made God, we fit him into one hour here on a Sunday morning. 
We've kind of squished him into this small time frame where we interact with him. Yet when you open up the scripture and you see Genesis 1 and you see the enormity of God, how huge he is, the massive creative power that he is, and that he is at work in our world, it blows our mind at what God is doing. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, but Aaron, I have to get up early in the morning. I'm rushing to work. I have things that I have to do. My mind is focused on so many of these other things. I don't have time to have the imagination of an 11-year-old, or I don't have time to stop and wonder. But I would say, no, you do. See, our mind at this age is just filled with other things. And you're driving to work worried about the projects that you have, You're riding the school bus to school and you're thinking about the pop quiz or the homework assignment that you did or didn't do. Your mind is filled with something, church. And Genesis chapter one is this beautiful poem and it's calling you back, church. It's asking you to remember and to see the greatness of your God. There's this rhythm as you read this and God saw that it was good on the first day and God saw that it was good on the third. It's this rhythm reminding us, don't forget the greatness of God. Don't forget what all of creation is declaring, the glory of God, the power of God, how God is at work in the world around us and he wants to be at work in your life. See, you stop and you pause and on the way to work, you start to look at every blade of grass Do not do this if you're driving, okay? Because you're gonna hit the car in front of you. But you start to notice the trees around you when you walk out of your house in the morning. You see the clouds moving. Just the simplest thing. You see the sun come over the horizon again because it's a new day. In church, when you pause and you see what Genesis chapter one is saying, you start to remember that the things that seem so enormous in our life are not too difficult for God. You start to hear the voice of creation crying out the glory and the wonder of God. And whatever it is, even in the darkest moments of your life, you remember that there is a God who wants to be intimate with you, a God who is all-powerful, who spoke into the darkness and out of nothing created everything, that he can take the dark moments in your life, he can take the difficult things that you're facing, and even in those hard, dark things, God can make something that is good, church. He can make something that is good. See, the purpose of his creation, it's declaring the glory of God. It's this voice all around us reminding us, calling out to stop, to pause, and to remember the greatness of the God who made everything and how he wants to be at work inside of our lives, in our world, and what we're going through. See, but it doesn't just stop there at the goodness of God at creation, but it goes on. Look at, look at what's taking place here in this passage as you start to walk through it. God does this, like there's a pattern here. God separates the water in the sky from the water on the ground and sky is created and then God begins to speak out that birds would be formed. These things that belong in the air, that fly, this amazing thing that they can fly around from place to place and God puts them exactly where they belong. God separates the sea in the ocean, calls them out from the dry land, and then God speaks and he creates these fish, whales that are enormous, these large sea creatures, and he puts them exactly where they belong. God calls out the dry land and there are trees that begin to form, vegetation, fruits, plants, all of this stuff that we eat. God begins to speak and he calls out animals, these beautiful animals that we see all around us, that we interact with, 
All of these things, God speaks and he puts them exactly where it is that they belong. And then God does this. Look at this. If you still have your Bibles open, Genesis chapter one, verse 26. And then God says to himself, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. See, everything has a place that it belongs. You start to open up God's word and you see this. There's this rhythm, there's this pattern. Everything has a place that it belongs, which leads us to the question, well, where do we belong? And God shows us in this passage, it's not just in a physical place, you guys. It's not just on the dry land. It's not just in the water. It's not like the birds in the air. There's something different about us. God didn't just speak you into existence. Genesis chapter two, it says that he knelt over the earth of the ground. And out of the clay, God began to form you. He didn't just stand off in the cosmos somewhere in the universe and just speak you out. He got near to you. And with his hands, he began to shape and he began to form us. And then he does something else. He kneels down in the dirt and he gets close to man and he breathes the breath of life into him. And the word of God says that we became a living being. And it's this picture right at the beginning that this is not just a God who creates. This is not a God just somewhere out there in the universe. The very first picture that God wants to give us is this close, intimate moment of God kneeling down in the dirt and breathing the breath of life into you. Breathing the breath of life into all of mankind, creating us in his image. See, everything has a purpose. Everything has somewhere where it belongs. And God has created me and you to be in a relationship with him. Church, that's where we belong. That's the place where we're supposed to be at. It's the picture that we get in Genesis that there's this God who is so close to us, who wants to draw near. Even in Genesis chapter three, as you read this today, as you open up the reading plan and you read this, you're gonna see this, that whenever we break our relationship with God, it's God who's pursuing us. It's God who's calling out to us. It's God who has this desire to be close to his creation. He comes in the cool of the evening in this garden that he's created to walk with his creation, to be with Adam and with Eve. That's the desire of God. Every single word that you read this, this year in the Bible, every time you open it up, it's all going to this one focus. It's all going for this one reason. It's God declaring to us that he wants to be in relationship with us. It's revealing his plan that even when we break that, even when we sin, even when we separate ourselves from God, there is a God who's created everything, who's pursuing us, church, who wants to be an intimate part of your life who wants to be involved with you. That's how this story all started. God kneeling down in the dirt, getting as close as he can to you and breathing life into you. And church, that simple reminder right there, that simple word that he gives us in Genesis, this picture of a God who is personal, who wants to be involved in our life is what shapes us and it's what forms us. It's what motivates you. See, church, when you realize this, when you begin to engage in scripture and allow it to shape your life and you see that he is a personal God, that he's a God that wants to be close with you, when he's a God that wants to be involved in your life, it begins to change things. 
And you don't wake up in the morning for the same reasons that you woke up before. You don't wake up just about what your to-do list is or where you have to go or what your schedule's like, but you're driven by something different. You're driven by this desire to know him, to discover this God who wants to personally be involved in your life, this God who wants to get to know you. You're not driven by just, man, can I get more things? How big is my bank account? What do I have? What other things can I accumulate? No, your purpose in life begins to shift begins to change. See, that's how Genesis starts out is this call, this desire that we would know this God who's created everything around us and wants to be intimately involved in the world that we live in. Church that wants to be intimately involved in your life. And when you begin to grab hold of this truth, this is a personal God. This is not some God that's just out there. This is not a God that that wants to judge you, that's looking how much good stuff did you do, how much bad stuff did you do, and trying to weigh those against each other. No, this is a God who's actively pursuing you. Even when you and I were running away from him, he was running towards us, church. Even when you and I thought, God, we can do it our own. God, we can design our world better than you could. God was still pursuing us. He had a plan. He had a purpose. He knew you by name. Knew you, knew your story, knew every single day that you were gonna live. Just like he knows each and every one of those millions and millions of stars, he knows every intimate detail about your life. He wants to be involved with you. He wants to be a part of your life. Church, this is how the story starts in the Bible. This is how it all begins. As God creates, as he formed each and every one of us, our purpose is to be in relationship with him. Everything we're gonna read this year, everything that we're gonna talk about this year as we allow scripture to shape us, it starts with that idea that this is a God who wants to personally be involved in our life. And I wanna pray for you this morning. I'm gonna ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. Church, I want you to grab a hold of that truth. I want you to just pause for a moment and think about that. That as he's creating everything else, as God did all of that, all powerful, able to speak millions of stars into existence, animals, everything that we see around us, this is still the same God who kneels close in our life. In the brokenness when we're spiritually dead and he calls out our name and he wants to give us life. And if you're here this morning and you're saying, Aaron, I've not been living in that realization. Maybe your picture of God is just someone up in heaven waiting for you to mess up so he can condemn you to hell or he can send you to eternal punishment. You've had the wrong picture of God in your mind. This is a God who wants to draw close to you. Who for your sin and my sin, for all of our mistakes, came and gave his own life. He stood in our place so that we could have that relationship with him. And if that's you and you're saying, Aaron, I don't have that relationship, but I know I need that this morning. I want that this morning. I want a brand new start. If that's you in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you're at and to come forward right up here to the front. And I'm going to pray for you. The word of God is very clear that all of us have sinned. All of us have messed up. Each and every one of us, we've turned our back on God at some point. We've walked away from him, his plan and his purpose, his design for our life. 
we've tried to do it on our own. And you guys, the truth is, is that we can't fix our lives. We can't be good enough on our own. We are desperately need, in need of a Savior and a God who will redeem us. And he's done that. He came and gave his life on the cross for you and for me. And I just want to ask if there's anyone in the room this morning, and you would be so bold to say, Aaron, I want that relationship with him. I know I don't have it right now, but I want that. If that's you, would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward up here to the front? If God's speaking to you, don't miss this opportunity. We'll wait here just a moment. But if God's Spirit's speaking, respond this morning. He's offering you a new life. He wants to breathe his life into you and give you purpose, give you a destiny. He has a story that he wants to unfold in your life. Church, if there's no one here in, in that area that they need to respond to, I'm gonna ask if you would stand this morning. We just wanna close by doing this. We've talked about this. We were meant to be in a relationship with God. We believe this, that we serve a God who's personal and who wants to be intimate with us. And I can think of no better way to close out this service than to just take a moment, just create space right here in this. You can stay where you're at, but I wanna encourage you, lift up your hands, sing this out with us, begin to declare that to God, your love for Him, that you want to know Him, that you want your life to be intimately entwined with His, tangled up in His. So church, let's sing that out this morning. Just declare your love for the God that wants to get to know you. Let's sing this together. Adore you. Yes, oh God.